Welcome to One Step Better, the podcast from Works. We're tackling topics to give you insight on a practical level to help your employees thrive in your organization and to help you become one step better every day towards being the leader that you want to be. Now, let's kick it over to the Works team. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the One Step Better podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schaefer. And today we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is something that I call second chair leadership. If you think about leadership in general, it's normally talked about from the standpoint of who the leader is and what their role and responsibilities are. But for a second chair leader, that's a little bit different. A second chair leader, if you think about maybe back in your band days, that's where it comes from for me, is there was always a first chair, second chair, third chair. It was kind of the ranking order of who each person was in that particular area. So I was a drummer. So I was on the the drum line. And at my senior year of high school, I was the co-captain. So I was the second chair of our drum line. What that meant was there was a first chair leader who was responsible for everything. But in his absence, I was up to the plate. If the first chair gets killed or dying, you <laughs> right. step in, you're the then, vice president. Then, then I'm the man, <laughs> right? And so leadership under the second chair is significantly different from the first chair position, but at the same time, it's kind of the same. And so uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today. I have Matt with me, Matt Patrick. We're going to do this in a little bit of a different format. Normally, I get to talk to people and interview and and lead conversations, but we're going to flip that a little bit. So Matt's going to join us and he's going to ask a bunch of questions and we're going to have a conversation on what it means to lead from the position of a subordinate leader. Yes. Well, first of all, thanks a lot, Mike, for having me again. I'm glad to be part of this. You know, this is a role that is big in our organization. I, as the leader, rely on our other leaders a lot to run their own teams and I empower, hopefully empower them. But I wanted to kind of tell everybody your story as you have been with us now right at six years and have moved up very fast through our organization. And you've assumed, you know, the second chair leader in our organization, but overall just continue to grab responsibilities as we would over the years. So I wanted to kind of start with that idea of, you know, your story and kind of what got you to where you are, but also maybe the trials and tribulations that you run into in that role, things you enjoy about it, things you don't, things about like you working for me, maybe me as a leader, but also things. <laughs> so this is my, this, this, this is, my is opportunity your, this is your rallying. 90, 90 day evaluation. Mike. Um, no, but this would be a great time for us to have a conversation, just kind of understanding that the some of the frustration points in your role, but also like what are the things you really enjoy. And then what, you know, what can we do to make your job better over time? And can you to empower you to be the leader that you want to be? So I'm looking forward to this conversation. So I'm going to start Absolutely. with just the basics of tell us a little about your role today. What, what role do you have now as the COO of Patrick County and Works? So my role today is dramatically different than what it was when I first started here, of course. But even a year ago, I guess it was January of 2019, I believe it was. I think it was 19, maybe 18. I think it was 19. 19. Mm -hmm. I moved into the position of the COO of Patrick Accounting and Works. Prior to that, I kind of led our payroll division and stayed within that arena for the most part. And even in that first year in being in the COO position here in a small business, it was a transitional year, if nothing else, because the biggest challenge in moving into this role is coming from the standpoint of there hasn't been anyone sitting in my chair prior to this. Uh, you know, We've grown as an organization to the need of having some different layers of leadership in place. Yep. Yep. And so it was really just trying to define what this role is going to be, what I'm going to take on as far as responsibilities go, which really kind of stem back to Matt, your and I relationship leading up to that point. 
But it's just really been trying to identify the role the first probably six months to a year and then some taking some reins here after that. Yep. And part of my reasoning for putting you in the role is you were already kind of acting in that role. We just didn't give you a title. And also the you were doing a lot of things outside of what I'd say is in our at the time was our payroll team leader. You were helping us with recruiting and people management and you were sounding board for the leadership team when it comes to financials of the firm and profitability of the firm, but also helping us coach our sales team. So you had a, you were wearing a lot of hats at that time. Have you seen that get a little more clear over the last year? The yes. Part of that's just because we've had to force that clarity from the standpoint of we're growing as an organization. We're bringing on more people. We're, we're starting to offer more products or services that hadn't been in place prior. And with that, we've grown to the point of I can't wear all those hats all the time. You know, similar to many small business leaders as a whole, everybody wears a lot of hats. That's just the that's just the nature of small business. And that's part of the reason that I enjoyed this role. Um, but as we grow and we want to develop, I can't be a limitation in in allowing us as an organization to develop and grow. And so it has it's brought some clarity, but a lot of that's just forced. I previously, there was an area in which I was leading a sales team. I was leading an operations team. I was responsible, in, on, like you mentioned, on some level for recruiting and employee engagement and that type of stuff. And <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because I liked the juggling of the, all the different areas. But it was a clear... We can't continue this because I'm 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 limiting our ability to grow. And yeah. we had that conversation. We were at a, a an event, a sales event, and it was a very clear understanding. Like we look around, every, what everybody else is doing, and it's you know what this is. If we really we want were, to get to we that were, next level, if you were, we were half-ass in sales, and not, yeah. I mean to be bad, but that's what it was happening. It ha- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so what you know what I found in that is you were going through some of the challenges I as a leader have gone through, which was the all right I have to remove some of these hats. Now I have to start trusting the team to 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 do that as we've continued to grow. So let's let's take a help step back though real quick. You started here in a, as a staff accountant. So walk us through your progression just real quick of how you've gotten from staff accountant to COO. And I'll even go back six before years. That. So in high school is when I decided I wanted to get into the accounting field, and there was really two reasons why I wanted to do it. One is because I wanted to make a lot of money, and I thought accountants made a lot of money. Oh, that was a mistake. It was a mistake. The second reason is because I wanted to be able to, in high school, say that I had my life planned out, and I was on top of everything, and I was in control, and this is what everything was going to be, and nobody was going to tell me differently out of a place of really just prideful arrogance. And, and so I went to, to undergrad and got my degree in accounting from the University of Memphis, finished that in four years, and probably junior year in, I worked as a intern at another accounting firm here in the area. And I hated it, like (laughs) literally hated it. I was able to get all my work done in a little bit of time. It wasn't challenging. It was doing the same thing day in and day out and just didn't like accounting. And so at that point in time, I decided, and there's some other stuff going on in life, but decided to to take a different direction. I went and got a a master's degree in youth ministry and then was a youth pastor. Clearly in line with accounting. Yeah, for about six years until, you know, just a series of issues that led us to come back to Memphis and was looking for a job. And at the time I was doing some contract work, some temp work with some different organizations in the accounting space. And I saw the opportunity pop up at Patrick Accounting. And just from looking at the ads and doing a little bit of research in the organization, it was very clear that something was different about that accounting firm. And so it was. I was hesitant to jump back into an accounting firm situation, a, a public accounting, because of my experience in college. But there was something that was different about what now I know what we do as a, as a company, our mission, our values, all of that was just significantly different than the other accounting firms that my experience had been with. And the big thing was the track record of winning. Yep. There was a very clear, just in as an outside 
better looking in and able to do some research and stalking you for a little bit, it was very clear that this was- I saw you in the bushes a couple of times. Competitive, or yeah, with my binoculars, right? That's right. It was a competitive organization that was tied to winning. And so we had won, at that point in time, PASBA Small Firm of the Year. We had won Medium-Sized Firm of the Year. We had won Collierville Small Business of the Year. We'd been recognized by MBJ. Yeah. We had been recognized. Uh, you we had, had good, been recognized we had good PR at the time. for um, yeah. 40 under 40. A lot of really cool stuff that I did not associate with an accounting firm. And it drew my attention. And so I, I, I came on as a staff accountant about six years ago. I was in a fortunate position because some of my past experience was in the payroll world. And at that point in time, there was some help needed in the payroll area of what we do. And I kind of got a little bit cross-trained in our systems for that. And lo and behold, one of the first things that I recognized at that point was up. you asked the critical question of why the heck are we doing it this way? You know, it's one of our values challenging it, but it was yeah. also the, there's gotta be a better way we're doing this. Are you sure that we can do it a better way? And that was initially right away. I went, oh, this guy gets it. And so I love that right away from the get-go from when you started and you took ownership, one of our values as well, but you took ownership of that correcting some of those I'll say broken processes immediately. So how long were you a staff accountant before you kind of moved, in, moved into a full payroll role? It was about eight months, I would say. Yep. Uh, about eight months as a staff accountant and then started dipping my toe in the payroll world. When did you become payroll manager? Um, it was probably five months after that. Yeah, so basically there. a year in, he switched over from a staff accountant to our full payroll manager role. Yeah. Um, we had a small payroll team at the time, just, I think you and one other person, yep. and Miss Tammy, who's been here forever, and we love her. And then from there, you've kind of taken the reins in that department fully from that point forward. Tell us about some of those early challenges, I guess, in that role as you kind of stepped into that role. You know, the, the challenges, there was, I guess, two folds of those. One, it was the processes and how we do things in a way that needed to align with where we wanted to go. Uh, at that point in time, some of our processes, some of our systems were designed to be the systems that a small business accounting firm would use to also do payroll. But our vision was to grow this into an actual payroll company that was doing more than just, just payroll. processing payroll. Right. And so some of the, the, you know, the earlier challenges with that was aligning our systems and processes with our goals. That turned into major software changes, major process changes and how we interact with our clients. But the other piece of that was the people. You know, like you mentioned, Tammy. Tammy has been with us for 10 plus years now, is a just a rock star, Absolutely. stable employee who everybody would be happy to have but she was doing things the way that she was small been trained business, to do small things. business That's accounting how, firm doing payroll and she was doing it great and she still does it great but there was a transitional period where both her and i had to learn together on what this was going to be and Correct. she was i mean she was great in helping all me in, walk all through that yep. absolutely couldn't ask for a better person yep. um, but the the people challenges of we got to we had to shift our mindset internally to to be who we wanted to be in the long Correct. run. Correct, and you and that's been a critical stage of where we you know, we've been able to develop. So so now you've you know as you said you've been in this role now a year. Part of this your payroll manager, but talk about the taking some of the leadership reins. Tell me about how that kind of came about. For me, as just a, a person, who I am, I don't enter a situation and automatically start to look for flaws and issues that need to be improved. It's something that it has plagued me for a long time, and I plagued. sometimes hate it about myself. <laughs> it's hard to turn it off, but as soon as I enter a situation, I start to look for, all right, 
I think I could do that better or, or that needs to be tweaked. And the leadership stuff just kind of came out of that. It was from having open dialogue and saying, hey, I know that we do things this way. It's just, it's asking a lot of questions, but why is that the case? Have we ever considered doing it a different way? And with that, we, I mean, we started to point out some of the issues that we did have and, and find ways to fix it. But I it think was, our, our, was report, our report was always pretty good from the very beginning. Absolutely. And so it made it, I think, probably made it easier for you. At least I hope it did. But I also think that's probably something just your personality. You would have challenged it no matter what. Absolutely. Across it, yeah. If, if it, our, our report was good or not, you're going to fix it. I was either going to fix it or I was going to leave. Right, right. Because, and that's just, that's just who I am as a right. person. You are very gracious with people when it comes to giving them the authority and, and the backing to say, hey, if you find a problem, you need to fix it. And that's, that wasn't just true with me. That was yeah. true with everybody on our team. That's just the, it, like you said, the core value. I want it fixed. <laughs> um, you know, whoever gets credit for it isn't important. No. Getting getting a problem fixed is, is what's important. And so I just naturally pointed some things out and found ways to fix them. And it, I've been rewarded for that over the years. One of the things that I always kind of wonder about in your development of your role and kind of thinking through this is, you know, you obviously have to coach upwards towards, you know, towards me as a leader, but also to the other leaders you're coaching sideways, coaching downwards. Talk to me about how that process works for you as you kind of learn and develop into that role that you're in today. The, the coaching up part is probably the most difficult piece of that because anytime you coach up, you also are potentially coaching yourself out. <laughs> it's really important and vital to, to bring up issues that you may have with your first chair leader, um, things that you may see that blind spots that they have, errors they need to be aware of, whatever it may be, that's super important. But that first chair leader also provides the umbrella that you're going to operate under in everything else that you do. The first chair leader has vision, they have goals, they have expectations sometimes unwritten or unsaid, and I have to operate underneath that. You have to read my mind. In some ways, you know, in, in your absence, I have to be able to make decisions for the firm in a lot of ways. And that doesn't happen too often. And if it's a big issue, then we're going to talk about it. But, you know, you would be just completely frustrated with me if every time I need to make a decision, I would say, hey, Matt, what do you think about this? Or, hey, Matt, what do you think yes. about that? Don't do that, <laughs> right? Um, at some level, you have to make decisions. The only way that I know to make decisions that are going to be the right decisions for the firm is thinking through that under the umbrella of, of first chair leader. And so it's an important dynamic that I have to maintain. I have to develop. It's just having a relationship with you and developing that over time. But then that flows through to, to horizontal leadership. And uh, in, our, in our organization, we don't have, there's Kind of, there's not really a horizontal place that I lead, but it's important to- You have the leadership team in general. The, yeah, our leadership team in general, and, and, and that's it. And so it's just making sure that everybody is all, we want to be aligned in how we're, in, in where we're going. And so it's the same type of thing, but just different people. With the on-ramp, HR on-ramp that we're doing next week, you're talking about this a little bit during that process. Tell us about that. Yeah, we have um, HR on ramp is our first session kicking off on Thursday. And one of the sessions that I'm leading in, in that on Thursday is the idea of second chair leadership. And the big picture takeaway for that session is, is very simply that all HR issues are leadership issues. And we're going to talk through what it means for HR leaders to be able to lead out underneath the umbrella of their first chair leaders, but lead out in those HR issues in order to, to help small businesses and organizations develop and grow. I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. This is one of those things I, I say this is one of those areas where a second chair leader in our world has really taken a ball and run with it. Basically, this is your baby and you've kind of been doing this with my blessing, but also sure. without really needing me involved in it, which has been great. And it definitely aligns with what we're trying to head with our HR stuff. So it's been really, really encouraging to see what we're doing. And I'm looking forward to it as well. So in the role you're in and also just as a second chair leader in general, what are some of the challenges you think you face when it comes to just knowing how to best serve the organization and me as a leader, I guess? In a small business environment, 
I think it is the, the most difficult situation I find myself in is the time management piece of, of day in and day out. There are certain tasks that I'm still responsible for that have to get done. That's absolutely critical to our organization's success, but don't also align with what you would typically see in the COO role. And it's just simply because we're a small business organization, everybody wears a lot of hats. And so the the time management piece of that is difficult. And am I doing something that somebody else should be doing is something that I think about often. Is this something that I should be spending my time, you know, you is know this concentrating best, best on? Best use of your time. Yeah. And is this also developing your team the best? And that's right. always the hard challenge. And that's the hard my time. We talked about this on a previous one too. It's, you know, is my job as the owner, is this something I enjoy doing and I'm also good at, or is this something I'm doing because I, I'm the best at it, but I don't really enjoy doing it? So those are always kind of a... We have a team of people that are really good right. and, and they can do great work. We should delegate and more. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes I don't give them that opportunity because it's something that I have been accustomed to doing over the time or I really enjoy doing or it's something I'm really good at. And the reality is it's not something that my role or my, my yeah, my role really necessitates me doing anymore. There was a point in time for that, but that's that's changed as we've grown and developed. And you know, knowing what to push off or what to, to hold on to, that's a you know, that's a big challenge that that comes up on a weekly basis for sure. So we talked about challenges, but you know what obviously hopefully you take the job and you like it right now and you want to be here for a long time. But so tell us about what you enjoy about it. Like what what is the What's the fun part about it? I, I enjoy leading in general. I love serving our team. I love finding ways to to motivate them. For me, the light bulb moment is what is the most energizing. Whether that is we're gonna do some type of educational piece of training and then I see, you know, one of our one of our teammates that are that's implementing that and they're helping a client solve a problem on their own because of that, that's a big motivator for me. I, and luckily I get to see that often with our payroll team specifically over the years, it's we've done some training or we've, we've made a change or implemented something new and they've taken and run with it and they st- it's starting to click for them. And over time, that turns into really helping our clients get better and and their organizations you know start to start to win at a higher clip. That's probably the most fun piece of everything that, that I get to do. The similar for me is I've enjoyed our leaders' development, but I also enjoy, I love it when I see our firm values being lived out or when a person who has been timid to step into something all of a sudden decides to come out and take ownership of something or challenge a process or, you know, complain even. I mean, we've had that happen where we celebrated sure. we celebrated somebody being frustrated with something. That's the best thing that can happen. And that means that people is they care enough to they say trust. something. Yeah, they, they care enough to, to say up. something and they trust it up. So I love that part. Another I'll say this, another thing that that I really enjoy is is winning. Yeah. It's selfish to say, but the reality is when I started here we we had about 15 people on the team or so. We've doubled in size of our team. We've you know grown our revenue has grown significantly since that point in time. Probably five x since yeah. then. Yeah, um, and and I feel like I'm gonna get to be a part of that. And yep. so just the winning piece of that that we're we're significantly better now than we were absolutely six years ago. Uh, and I take a little bit of ownership with yeah, that. Uh, well, and, and so I feel I feel like, you know what, we're we're not only selfishly doing better as a as an organization, but we're helping when I, I mean we're helping about four times as many clients as we were from back then. I think we're doing better work than we did back then and I think Absolutely. we do it with we're doing better work quicker with yeah. more qualified people. Yeah, exactly. So this would be my, this is my review time for you. Oh boy. This is your upward feedback time, Mike. So, you know, what's a challenge working with me? Oh, gracious. Uh, the list that's a loaded is, man, question. That's a five right page there. list you have there, it's Mike. It's a loaded question. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, let me go get my iPad and search through. 
you know, I don't, the, the challenges working with you specifically on it, I don't think are any different than working with any other leader. Um, this is every, the toughest question. Every, right? This is just trying to put me on the spot. You got a microphone in front I get of to me. interview him. I get to ask any question I want. Yeah, you know, there's times in which, hey, I want to go this direction, and you want to go that direction. And I'm self-aware and smart enough to know that it doesn't matter where, which direction I want to go in, your direction is going to win. I'm, I'm easily convinced, usually. You you know, you know, do a good job of listening, but it, it, there's a point in time in which it's we're not doing that. We have to agree to disagree, and that's a perfectly fine thing to do. But you know, that, of course, can get yeah. uh, frustrating from time to time. Thankfully, it doesn't happen too often. It doesn't often. happen too often. But you know, as it does, that's that can be frustrating, but that's not any different than any other you know, situation. Normal leadership issues. I I probably want to change stuff more often or I think out loud too much. I don't. Yeah, that's probably true. In my role, I get to be the how person. I, yeah. I get to answer the how question a lot. You are more big picture, visionary dreamer. And so there's times in which I, I wish I could pull the reins back a little bit and say, hey, you need to think through these things uh, usually do. a little bit more detailed. But, you know, whenever we we got to the point where it's just set up front, hey, I'm thinking out loud or yeah. let's just talk about this. We're not necessarily implementing these things. You know, it helped with that yeah. um, because then I can I know what the all right, we're I can start thinking through the how and the implementation piece of this. But ultimately, it's not something that's going to happen overnight or Correct. maybe happen at all. But, you know, that's always that that's always a little bit frustrating. Those are my favorite conversations, actually. Yeah. You know, my favorite conversations are thinking through what happens and if we decide to do these three things and they may not ever happen, but at least gets us. It gets the mind turning a little bit. I love the the ability to kind of brainstorm with you. I find that you're a fantastic sounding board for me. And, you know, likewise, you inspire the right question I need to have to kind of either think the, the thought through all the way to the finish line or go, okay, yeah, that's a dumb idea. I need to stop. You know, it's a good point to, to talk about, uh, probably do a podcast on is the reality is we're similar, but at the same time, different. And mm -hmm. the areas that we're different are very complementing of each other. Yeah, helpful. I'm much more detailed. I can be anyway. I'm not. <laughs> much more detail <laughs> so, oriented than you are, which is great because right. my role as an implementer is going to need to have those details. Whereas your role as the visionary, it's, you know, you, you need to be thinking about big picture long term and leave the details to me. Yeah, I mean, my, my role I kind of see is very much, a, obviously a support role today, but kind of like, okay, where's the industry going in our world? Like, you know, how is the technology gonna change? Let's stay ahead of the game. Yeah. How can we make sure that we're best serving our customers today, tomorrow? I'm very systems oriented, like process oriented, but it, I, the details of those processes aren't my, but I like, I, I know they have to be a systematized approach of how we're doing things. I want to be able to do things in scale. Yep. And what are the fun stuff working with you? <laughs> There's none. None. It's terrible. No, I, I, I enjoy the relationship. You're looking to hire Mike. His, <laughs> his email for personal email is. You, know, <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn. That's right. Or now monster.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the relationships. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I enjoy your friendship. I enjoy our just fun conversations about all the silly things, yeah. you know, just normal life stuff. I, I you know, I, I love your family. We're, we're just friends. And yeah. that piece is, is really helpful and really fundamental. Not every person in, in a second chair leadership role can say that. And I'm, I'm really grateful Agreed. that I can. I enjoy our, our culture uh, that you've developed over the years. This is just a generally fun place to work. It is a fun place to, to, to wake up and know that I'm going to come in and I'm going to have the opportunity to help small businesses win. You're, you're the driving force behind that. You've created this place over a lot of years to be what it is today. And, and I enjoyed uh, yeah, our, being a part of it. My overall vision always has been I want... I know how it was to work a job that I didn't love coming to every day. And I really enjoy the fact, I want everybody to have that same feeling that I have. It may not be here, I hope it is, I want it to be. But you know, loving to come to work every day and to be a part of something better than themselves or bigger than themselves is, 
is the fun part of what we do here. Well, Mike, I appreciate today. You answered all these tough questions, all these, you know, mind bending, <laughs> thoughtful, philosophical questions I ask. But I do appreciate you. Uh, I really do appreciate everything you've always done to help us grow and uh, be a, a wonderful leader that you are. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's always good to have you come in and just to, to talk a little bit. This podcast has been something that I've really enjoyed doing. I think we're, I don't know, maybe about five or six or so episodes in. And just the ability to come on and, and talk about in an open environment, things that we're dealing with, things that we're focusing on, because it's not any different than any other small business yep. out there. We These sell are, a different widget, but it's the same absolutely. thing. Absolutely. These are the same conversations that, that I know that you and I personally are having with our clients on a weekly basis anyway. Absolutely. Our team is having these same conversations. And so it's it's fun to get that that voice out there. And so yep. if you're you know if you're listening and you have some friends that are in a same type of environment where they're a small business leader, whether they're the owner or key employees, or they just like to learn about business, you know, we would love for you to, to share our podcast podcast, share our social media stuff, get our names out there as much as you can so that we can uh, impact more and more people. Yep, absolutely. Thanks and have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in. Head over to works.com for webinars, blogs, and more content. That's works, W-H-I-R-K-S.com. See you next time.